When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. I am Amber Wilson. He is Ian Fitzsimmons. We are both here on our own show. It's not something that can always be said. See, what this is what happened, Ian. The Dolphins <laughs> suffered one of the most embarrassing losses in NFL history on Monday night. And then I had an emergency Tuesday so that I didn't have to face James Steele. Yeah, you, plan, you went ahead and did a face plant in, in your gym uh, and ended up going to the damn hospital because you were so literally. hacked off at, at the at the the Dolphins blowing a 14-point lead in the last three minutes of the game, which is something we have never seen in regulation football and in the, in the history of the National Football League, that you went into your gym, mm-hmm. venting, working out some frustration, bam, face mm-hmm. plant. Here, let's go to the old hospital. Head over to the ER, man. Good times right there. That is when you know you love your football team, when you are so angry and working out so hard that you end up doing a face plant and having to go to the ER. I don't know. That is all a true story. That is all a true story. Uh, I was very fired up on Tuesday. I was very unhappy on Tuesday with the Miami Dolphins, but I haven't lost faith. James, Seems and, a and by the way, I'm okay. To, I didn't break my neck after all, so we're good. We can joke good. about it now. <laughs> um, we're, we're all happy about that, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a little extreme yeah, to, yeah, go, to go that far just to get out of you know facing the music after you were really kind of mean to me on Monday. Well, it was a 14-point swing in the matter of two minutes in regulation, so seemed reasonable to try to do whatever I could to just avoid to showing me. up here the next couple of days. Yeah, just to duck you. So, yes, I ended up uh, spending a, a little bit of time there in the old uh, emergency room and a, plenty of orthopedics after that because of a gym accident. I've been working out in gyms for 30 years, I want to say, 25 years at least I've been a gym rat for, and that was my first time that I've ended up in the emergency room because of a gym. So, hey, I was due. Be a part of Amber and Ian Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. ESPN Nations presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me at Amber W Sports. So we've got some Thursday night football action headed our way tonight. Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders, Ian. That is an 8.15 p.m. kickoff. Of course, once that game kicks in just over an hour from now, we will keep you updated on all of the action right here on Amber and Ian. We've got something named Easton Stick starting at quarterback tonight something. for the Chargers. Because, Not someone, but something. Because Justin, Justin uh, Herbert is out for the rest of the regular season. Great name, by the way, Easton Stick. It is. You know what's crazy? Here's a little, little, little trivia for you. Where did Easton Stick go to college? North Dakota State? Yep. So the last three starting quarterbacks for the Bison have all been drafted and played in the National Football League. Texas can't say that. Oklahoma can't say that. You can go on down the list of all these blue blood college football programs that cannot say their last three starting quarterbacks have all gone on to the National Football League. Who are they? Carson Wentz, Easton Stick, Trey Lance. 
Wow, look at that. North Dakota it's crazy, State. right? QBU. Just bumping them out over there. They're definitely using that in recruiting, right? Like 100% yes. they're using that in recruiting. Like if you come here, you're going to make it to the NFL like these last three guys. It's, it's insane. Now, he ran for, uh, I think he had 47 rushing touchdowns at North Dakota State. So I do have one bet to your hands bleed early on here. An anytime touchdown from Easton Stick, and you're catching big points here. I wouldn't go heavy on this, maybe 25 bucks. I know our man Ryan Matlock went ahead and hit it with 10. It's plus, where is it right now on ESPN bet? Matlock, I think it's at plus 475. I don't know the exact, but it's definitely over uh, 450. Yeah, so you'll get some value there. We're rolling the bones a little bit Let's because ride. of his history at North Dakota State and his ability to rush the football. So anytime touchdown, take Easton Stick plus the plus four. I think it's around 470. So that's why you're doing it. I'm doing it because he's named after a hockey stick. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I, th- I assumed oh, that we was all the knew most that. Ryan, that was the most Ryan <laughs> Matlack thing I've ever heard. It's the only reason it's a funny name. It's because he's named after a hockey stick. Or a baseball bat and a oh, stick. Sure. There you go. There we have it. <laughs> sure, baseball, I guess so. East, Easton Stick uh, says, I understand North Dakota State is not the National Football League, but I'm used to winning. It is not. It is not quite the NFL. He hasn't started a game, Ian, since January 5th, 2019. That is when the North Dakota State Bison knocked off the Eastern Washington Eagles. How has it been that long since he has started a football game? That feels like a long time. Because he's, but he's been also behind... been sitting here behind Justin there you, Herbert. There's your answer never right goes there. Down, right. Apparently, that, that's right. your answer. I, he's been patiently waiting for this moment. Here is his moment, Easton Stick. Yeah, and you know and these are two teams also that have decisions to make as far as their front office goes and their ownership goes. Now, Tom Telesco, the GM of the Chargers, is one of the best talent evaluators in the league, Hand, hands down by far, bar none. Ask anybody in NFL circles, they will tell you that very thing. Look at his draft history. I mean, he his scouting department is remarkable. But now they have a decision to make as far as his head coach goes. Do you stick with Brandon Staley? Or is he on? Are you? Is he on his way out because of the guy you just mentioned? You know, Justin Herbert has that fractured right index finger. That's his throwing hand. He's done for the season, and the clock now is ticking on Justin Herbert. Do you go ahead and punt on Staley and bring in an offensive mind? You know, or do you stick with him? That's a decision Telesco is going to have to make. And right now, I mean, if you're reading the tea leaves, it looks like. And I'm not talking about Telesco. I'm just talking about people around the league. They believe Staley will probably be out, and I'm curious to ask, ask Mike Tannenbaum, former NFL GM, when he joins us at the bottom half of the hour, what would you? How many people would be lining up to take that job just because of one guy, and that's Justin Herbert? We've been talking about this for years, though. Brandon Staley being out, and in fact, we thought Kellen Moore gets brought in there, right? Maybe he is going to be the next guy after Staley if Staley goes down although that whole theory never really made sense because if they do really well with Kellen Moore there then why are you firing Staley right it's sort of the same enemy situation that you have in Washington where a lot of people think that like they're bringing in the coach and waiting but then that means that they had to have not had a good season which means that coordinator also wouldn't have had a good season nevertheless things have never panned out with Justin Herbert the way that everybody expects that they should because everybody believes in that yep. quarterback and so the expectations are high for that team when you just look at the talent on the roster every year and considering the talent they always underperform. But this has been a problem for years now and also an ownership that has seemed unwilling to change and an ownership that has a reputation for being Being financially conservative.
conservative. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say it cheap. I was being nice, right? Yeah, but here, for here's being very cheap. Here's the thing, also, Amber. I mean, this year, uh, you know, the Chargers have been snake bitten yet again when it comes to injuries. I mean, Bosa goes down again. Eckler's been banged up. Herbert now banged up. I mean, you can go on down the list of an litany of front-line injuries. That wide receiver, Mike Williams, goes down. Keenan Allen's hurt. I mean, it, it's it's remarkable how they can't buy a break when it comes to the injury bug. So is that a built-in excuse for Staley? I don't think so because he's had some very questionable calls, especially on fourth and short in minus territory. So that's one aspect of this game to keep an eye on. The other is Antonio Pierce. I was there for his first game uh, against the Giants, and there was a, everybody I talked to from assistant coaches to guys that I know, and from college, Amber, to, not kidding, security people, security personnel, you know, the, the people that stand their backs to the field and looking at the stands, they would stop me and tell me it's a different feel here now that Josh McDaniels is gone. There was a thank you, Mark Davis, thank you, Mark Chant, when he was leaving the field for firing Josh McDaniels. Now, Antonio Pierce has a live audition. I mean, starting then, which was beyond impressive. But then you go to last week, three zip. I was actually looking up, has there ever been an NFL game that went to overtime tied 0-0? I mean, it's, it, uh, uh, not that I could see, no. Really? I mean, at least in, at least in the modern era. Um, and that's another right. Google search. I didn't look up ESPN stats and info. I went back like 15 years, 20 years, and that just as a Google search, and that's I wasn't going to go into a deep dive. But, I mean, it was, it was awful last week. So he starts out 2-0. He lost to your Dolphins by seven, or he, the, the Raiders did. They lose to James's Kansas City Chiefs, and then you have that whatever the hell that was last week coming off right. the bye. So Mark Davis and the Raiders also – have a decision to make. And right now, Antonio Pierce is auditioning for that job. And it started out great. Now he's on a three-game skid. Can they ride it tonight? Yeah, I, we will see what ends up happening. I mean, in fairness to Pierce, obviously, losing to the Chiefs, losing to the Dolphins, not so embarrassing. But it's very hard to justify Three, what happened so. this past weekend. So we will see what happens tonight against this Chargers team. In terms of the Chargers, Easton Stick, he compiled a 49-3 and record at North Dakota State. So like he said, he is used to winning. We will see if he can win one tonight starting in the National Football League for the first time since he got drafted back in 2019. (laughs) He's not a hockey player, Matlack. Uh, Calm down there on the board. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with the Canadian on the ones and twos taking over the show. Who is the real MVP for the 49ers? We'll get into it. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. San Francisco 49ers may have two MVPs this season. At least two guys, certainly, that should be in the MVP conversation. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Brock Purdy, according to ESPN Bet, is sitting at second in terms of the odds to win the MVP at plus 175. Christian McCaffrey is sitting at ninth at plus 5,000. We know it's a much harder award for running backs to even attempt to win. Kyle Shanahan, he is the coach of the 49ers. He was asked, is it Purdy or is it CMC? He's not going to choose, though. That's, I mean, trying to get me in trouble with those two guys. (laughs) Um, That's the only reason I wouldn't overly comment on either one of them because I don't want them to cancel each other out. Um, But if any any non-quarterback's going to get an MVP, I don't get how Christian McCaffrey can't. I mean, he's amazing in what he's done all year. If it's going to a quarterback, then I don't have to talk about Christian. I can talk about our quarterback. And um, I'm still, if his numbers is all you see, then I think that solves it up. But if you watch the film, um, then it makes it even stronger, which to me is the most important thing. You know how I feel about this conversation. Those should not be two separate conversations. I mean, in fairness to Shanahan, I know what he's doing there, Ian, but it's stupid that it's like, well, if it's not going to a quarterback this year, then it should be this guy. But since it's probably going to a quarterback, then this guy over here, I hate all of that. I wish it would just go to the player that is, in fact, the best, most valuable player. And that isn't actually always the quarterback, but because of the importance of that position, we're going to give it to one. That's not just the NFL MVP, too, Amber. I mean, you can go to the Heisman Trophy. I've said this for years, and I'll continue to say it. Orlando Pace should be a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. left tackle out of Ohio State. Warren Sapp out of Miami should be a Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy winner. They were the best players in college football. Easy. You know, it, 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 that one rarely goes to the actual best player in the game. And, you know, the NFL MVP, yeah, it, it's, it's a quarterback award. It, it really is. And, and, but I think Tyree Kill is, is in that mix. I think Christian McCaffrey's in the mix. And right now, I would have Dak Prescott, quarterback Cowboys, at number one. Brock Purdy, too. And then, depending on the week, it's, it goes between Tyreek Hill and CMC. You know, and as a matter of fact, we had Kyle Juszczyk, seven-time Pro Bowl fullback for the Niners on last night. And we asked him about his quarterback, Brock Purdy, versus Dak and anybody else. Not, But we didn't ask him about CMC. We just asked about Brock Purdy. Here's a seven-time Pro Bowler making a case for his quarterback. Honestly, I think it's a quite an easy case. I, I'm pretty sure he's number one in damn near every metric there is. Um, he's got to be the most efficient quarterback in the league right now. Uh, he's just playing at extremely high level. In my opinion, he's the quarterback for the best offense in this league. And, you know, everybody likes to make up every excuse in the book uh, for this guy about why he's successful. And, um, you know, he's being carried by this, being carried by that. But at the end of the day, you got to still go out there and do it. you got to go out there and perform. Uh, and and he's done that week in and week out, and he's been consistent the entire season. So, in my opinion, he is the MVP of this league, and uh, I think he deserves that honor. He's not number one in every metric, but he is, in fact, number one in a whole lot of them. Completion percentage, passer rating, ESPN's total quarterback rating, yards per completion, yards per attempt. Brock Purdy leads all of those categories in the NFL. He comes in third in the league in passing yards. He comes second in the league.
for passing touchdowns, and he's thrown just seven interceptions this season. The numbers are incredibly strong when you pull them for Brock Purdy. And, of course, the 49ers also are very strong, sitting with double-digit wins, poised to win that division, which ends up being very important when we're talking about MVP races. For Christian McCaffrey, it's a much more difficult conversation because, unfairly, he's a running back. And a running back has not won this award since Adrian Peterson did it in 2012. All AP had to do to win that thing, Ian, was run (laughs) for over 2,000 yards in a season. That was the seventh time in NFL history a running back had accomplished that goal. In the MVP history, it is basically you have to break NFL records or match NFL records that are nearly unheard of and generational in order to win this thing at the running back position. And as good as Christian McCaffrey has been this season, he leads the NFL in rushing yards with over 1,100. He has caught 52 passes for 437 yards and five touchdowns. He is unbelievable, not just in terms of running, but also in terms of catching. He's all over the field. He's a dynamic talent. However... It's he a hasn't done award. that generational, yeah. like, 2,000 yards out of control thing that we haven't seen a back do in over 10 years, and that's why nobody's gotten the MVP since AP. And that's why Tyreek Hill is in the conversation also because, you know, he, he's creeping up on Calvin Johnson, Megatron's single-season receiving record. Talking about you have to do something generational, well, that's why, that's why Tyreek Hill is also in the conversation. But, you know, sadly, it is a quarterback award. A lot like the Heisman Trophy is a quarterback award or a, quote, skill position award. You're never going to see an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, you know, heck, a defensive player win the MVP. The last defensive player to win MVP, does anybody know who it was? Somebody remember? in the 70s. I know you no. and I have had this conversation. Alan, Alan Page in, in 1971, Purple Peep Weeder, the, the honorable Alan Page, uh, oh. and then... The last one, 1986, Lawrence oh, okay. Taylor, New York Giants. 1986 <laughs> was the last time. You can't tell me since 1986. Like, Aaron Donald wasn't worthy of an MVP. Crazy. Truly how many times, how many times have we said, Amber, how many times have we said, oh, not just us, but, you know, former players who are now analysts, you know, general managers who are now analysts, you know, former coaches who are now Analysts, these are experts on the game of football. How many times have you heard Aaron Donald is the best player in the game? Easy. All the time. How many MVPs does he have? Zero. Well, here's the problem, because we call it most valuable player. And I think with these awards, we should call it best player, because those end up being two different things in people's minds. If it's most valuable player, people are always going to say the quarterback position is just so valuable to its team that nobody's going to win this thing unless every quarterback in the league is incompetent, right? You think of defense as more of a team effort, even though it's frankly, not very fair to the Miles Garrett's and the Micah Parsons of the world who are human wrecking machines in their individual and own right. Nevertheless, we think of it that way. I think we lump the defense together, which is stupid, right? And with the quarterback, he stands alone. And so we always give it to the quarterback. But if it was just best player, if it's best player in the league, is anybody arguing, even with all the statistical categories that Brock Purdy is at the top of, is anybody arguing Brock Purdy is the best player in the NFL? No. And so that's the problem, right? Because for MVP, valuable, he's in strong contention 
for the award. Only Dak is ahead of him in the odds, according to ESPN yeah. Bet. But best player is a very different conversation. And a lot of the guys that would be in that conversation have incredibly long odds to win this thing. Micah Parsons is the first defensive player right now with uh, in terms of the odds on ESPN Bet at plus 15,000. <laughs> Uh, you've got Miles Garrett now sitting at plus 20,000 to win this thing. I had been screaming all season long that I thought Miles Garrett, frankly, deserved it, but those guys have no shot. No, none. Zero. Khalil Mack leads the league, right, in, in sacks, and he's got no shot. TJ Watts right behind him with 14. Uh, he's got no shot. Hell, Deron Bland broke a record, an NFL record, for pick sixes in a season. He's got eight INTs, five he has housed. You got no shot. And I would Zero. argue those guys are better overall than Brock Purdy, right? Now, given some well, of, those, some of Bland, that's a body but, of work but, issue for me. But with, with Brock, it, it, the, the thing that drives me nuts, and we talked to Yuschek about this last night as well. You know, people talk, well, he's got Debo Samuel. He's got CMC. You know, he's got George Kittle. He's got the best left tackle in football. Well, guess what Joe Montana had? He had Roger Craig. He had Tom Rathman. I mean, you know, he had Jerry Rice. He had Jonathan Taylor. You know what Troy Aikman had? Michael Irvin and, you know, Emmett Smith and Daryl Moose Johnston. And, and going down the list, every great team, every great team that's a Super Bowl contender has got great players around their quarterback. And it, this is not right. something new. And for some reason, we know what it is. He was Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last player taken. They, people try to hold that against Brock Purdy. To hell with that. The dude can just flat out play. He can ball. But also, I think some of it is that. It's the surprise of where he came from to here. And then some of it is those pieces. I mean, those pieces are, of course, important. Like, I think it's so stupid, and I'm a Dolphins fan, that Tua's odds are so much better to win this thing than Tyreek Hill. You saw what happened to the Dolphins when Tyreek Hill went out with injury when his ankle got rolled up on in that game. That offense runs through Tyreek Hill, frankly. Not Tua Tungvalu. As great as Tua is, it should be Tyreek that has a better shot at winning that award. And I am saying that as a huge... Huge to a supporter. Coming up next, our changes inevitable for both teams playing tonight. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chargers Raiders tonight on Thursday Night Football, 8.15 p.m. Kickoff, Mike Tannebaum. He is ESPN's NFL front office insider. He's joining us now on Amber and Ian and Tannebaum. Thanks, as always, for your time. Let's start here with the Chargers. Both of these teams, frankly, might have a coaching decision to make at the end of the season. But the Chargers tonight, Easton Stick is the quarterback. Justin Herbert's out for the rest of the season. If you were the brass there in Los Angeles, what would you be looking to do after this season? Well, I'm going to see how things play out. Look, um, big Tom Telesco's done a really good job there for a while. You, you look at, especially on defense, you know, they haven't played as well as you would have expected, especially given who they have, Derwin James healthy and two great ends and, and Bosa and Mack. And um, obviously J.C. Jackson hasn't worked out, but you would think they would have been at least middle of the pack. So um, <clears throat> you're going to factor that in, but I actually think Easton Sticks can play really good football. You look at some of these backup guys that have 
exceed expectations like Jake Browning. They have a lot of experience in college, and that's what Easton Stick has. So I'm going to hold off and making any final evaluation on Brandon Stanley and see how this last couple of weeks go. How much does Justin Herbert and, you know, just for lack of a better term, his timeline, you know, he coming off the, you know, obviously signs a new deal and gets paid. How much of that factors in with a general manager like yourself, like a Tom Telesco, who's one of the better evaluators of talent that we have in the National Football League when it comes to a decision as to the head coach, when it comes to when you have a generational type talent like Herbert? Well, hypothetically, if this job was ever open, everybody in America will want that job because they see him as, you know, what he is like. John Elway. So there will be no shortage of people that would walk, crawl, run to get to the, you know, charge your front office to knock on their door. So you're certainly, when you go through the evaluation, Ian, you say to yourself like, okay, Brandon Staley has, you know, these traits, X and Y. How does that compare to who would be available out there? Mike Tannebaum joining us here, ESPN NFL front office insider. Let's switch to the Raiders side of this conversation. Tannebaum, a team that also may be making a coaching change after this season. What would you do in Las Vegas? I'd go after probably the same guy the Chargers should in Jim Harbaugh. Um, in the history of our game, Amber, he has right now the fifth best all-time winning percentage of anybody in the history of our game. So when you look at what he did at the University of San Diego, Stanford, the 49ers, Michigan, all he's done is win and win big wherever he's been. And he would be the first name to me on any team that was looking. All right, Mike T. He has a quirky personality. I mean, I, you've been around him. I've been around him. Amber's been around him. He, he's different. So how much does that factor in also where at times he can wear out a welcome? Would he mesh with Telesco? Would he, well, Mark Davis is different, so that may be a match made in heaven. But how much does the personality also come into play? So we interviewed him um, following the 2008 season. We were looking for a head coach. Jim was a hot name working his way up the ranks. He was the head coach at Stanford, and we spent five hours with him and liked him a lot. He felt at the time he wasn't ready to go to the next level. We hired Rex Ryan, the rest is history. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, like, you sit down, you try to put process and procedures in place and let Jim relate to players in the way that he's, uh, you know, organically done so for two decades. Glowing Mike endorsement T- right there. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tannebaum joining us on Amber and Ian. Let's switch gears a little bit to the man at the very, very top of it all and Roger Goodell. There was a report from The Athletic that Goodell wanted the tush push out of the game. He has come out and denied that he's made any such statements. What are your thoughts on what the NFL should do regarding the tush push, if anything? I get Amber. I'm a big follow the data guy, so... Are the injuries disproportionate there? Um, no. I thought what Troy Vincent's okay. But I agree with what Troy Vincent said. Like, they're excellent at this, at this play. Why would we take that away? Um, so, to me, it's player health and safety. And if that's not an issue, then I think they should, um, by all means, be able to continue you know, with the play. Mike T, this is what drives me nuts. Now I've been drawn off sides with that question from Amber because this one just hacks me off. Why the hell is a damn thing on the agenda in the first place of the NFL owners' meetings? Just because one team does it well, it's not like a cheat code where you found a loophole and a rule and every team has found a way to do something. That gets outlawed. But just because the Eagles do it well and it's first and nine every time they get the ball, that doesn't mean it should be banned. Why is it not even on the agenda? Yeah, I'm with you. Again, unless there's a disproportionate safety issue, you know, it's to me, well, we don't talk about it. So it's Landon Dickerson. It's Jalen Hurts' ability to squat. 
whatever it is, 600 pounds. A like, house. <laughs> it's, yeah. Guys, it's physics. I hate to simplify. It's physics. Like, when one team is bigger and stronger than the other side and they could push further and harder, then it's really easy. It's physics. That's why it works. And you don't want to legislate that out of the game. Amen. If, he, if they don't, uh, I assure you, there will be plenty more quarterbacks in the future who can also squat 600 pounds. Let's talk real quick about Kyle Shanahan saying that he has two MVPs on that 49ers team, of course, referring to Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy. Do you agree with the coach? Yeah, I do. Um, those guys are both exceptional players. And you, you watch um, <clears throat> Christian McCaffrey play, you say, like, why would Carolina ever let him go? Like, isn't the object of the exercise to collect as many good players as possible? So, um, look, they're, they're having a great season. I think the NFC is turning into the San Francisco Invitational. You know, I think it's 84 to 29 that they collectively outscored Dallas and Philly back. Man, they are so freaking good and so physical. They just want to. They don't want to beat you. They want to humiliate you and your family. I mean, they they are they are they're just different. Mike T. Mike Tannenbaum joining us here on ESPN Radio at this time every single Thursday. The Bears are in a unique situation. I like Justin Fields. We're seeing what he can do when he's healthy. But they also have the number one overall pick, and right now the number seven, or the, you know, the number seven overall pick. You're the GM in Chicago. What would you do when you have a generational type talent with Caleb Williams right around the corner, but you also have a guy when he's healthy can make plays? What do you do with Justin Fields? Yeah, this one's really, really easy. The, the inverse is really what you have to look at, which is is Justin Fields twenty million dollars a year better than Caleb Williams, and what I mean by that. Let's just say Justin Fields gets a B contract, like Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, somewhere thirty-eight to forty-two million dollars a year. Um, <clears throat> you know, the rookie deal probably go up, but call it twenty, twenty-one million a year for three years. Like, it's a no-brainer. You know, there's no better value in sports right now than you know a, a productive first-round quarterback on a rookie deal. So, the fact that you could reset the clock to me is also a big part of the decision. So, Justin Fields would have to be dramatically better than Caleb Williams, which. You know, I don't think any of us sitting here think that's the case, and and that's why to me that's a pretty easy decision. All right, let me let me, let me counter that because I, I disagree. What about if you trade that number one and you get a Herschel Walker type haul? You get you know three ones, three twos, and in a bag of footballs. I mean, you could completely redo your entire roster and put talent around fields. Does that does that does that crank your tractor? <laughs> I'll take Caleb Williams. Thank you. Wow. Uh, you know. Yeah, I'd rather have, like, a great quarterback. And, you know, I feel like, you know, between me, you, and a couple other really good scouts, we'll, we'll go find productive players that are replaceable. You know, I think Caleb Williams could be really special for a long time. Uh, we're talking about this later on over a cold beer. I mean, we, uh, this, this, this is, we don't have enough time for this debate, my brother, but I love you. I love you. Are your Christmas shopping done? You good to go? You all set? You got 11 days, no, I'm coach. Like a, I'm, like, I'm like a third-round pick. I got a ways to go. Developmental. <laughs> Developmental. We will be talking, by the way, about Caleb Williams, about what the number one overall pick should do. All of that will be coming up tonight on Amber and Ian. Mike Tannebaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Thanks, Tannebaum. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Get to shopping, dude. Come on, man. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Is your shopping done, Ian? Pretty close, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yes. Over I'm on the road, so I'm, I'll leave tomorrow for the New Orleans Bowl, right? So, I mean, I got to get that stuff done. I mean, I'm, yeah, no, no. Bowl, bowl season bonanza is about to kick, so. And the wife doesn't yeah. do it all? 
No, like the, we're to the point now where the girls give us a list, and then okay. Santa, go, you know, Santa goes and gets it. Uh-huh. You know, so we 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 relay we we relay the list to Santa. Santa's All the parents coming, listening huh? right even now though, with little ones, right? Yeah. So Santa's still coming, even though they're we they're we yep. Yeah, I mean, so it, and now it's it's it, it's much easier, right? Here's your whoop. It's what they want, mm-hmm. and they find out if they got it or they didn't. You know, even my wife. I looked at my wife the other day and went, "All right, what do you want?" This is about last week. She goes, she gave me the list. Done. Simple. Yeah. Santa came for me until until I was in my thirties. <laughs> Yeah, he's still he's still coming for Christmas as long still, as I was coming home. That man's still home. coming down the chimney, yeah. baby. Come I, on I rely, now. I'm gonna have to rely heavily on Santa. I think this year, so Christmas kind of snuck up on me. I think. Really, Same eleven days, year, coach. James. Yeah, no, yeah, and then I looked up, and it's like the 13th of December. And, so, uh, hold on a minute. So, is Tannenbaum, if he's a third round pick that has to be developed when it comes to Christmas shopping, you're sounding like you're a UDFA. We are both undrafted. <laughs> That Christmas used off the to top stress rope. me out so okay. much before I used to order gifts. You know, like back in the day when we actually had to oh, yeah. store big help. That for is a everything. Huge help. Amazon is a huge help for sure. I mean, and, just Amazon has changed my see, life. When people complain about this day and age, I think, yeah, except for hello, Amazon. I see. Amazing. I still like. Thank I still you, like. Bezos. You've I, changed the world. I still like going to the store and and putting my hands on stuff and seeing oh. it and seeing if it fits and all that kind. Of, if it's if it's for me, if it's for somebody right. else, right? Yeah, I'll point and click. But in my in my if it's for my focus group of one, I got to go and, and and try it on. I I've got to go I and, do, and, and I see can't. it. Yeah, I'm not an online shopper when it comes to clothing. First of all, I'm not a big shopper anyways, just period. Me neither. I think compared to maybe a lot of other women. But I'm, I'm wearing a I high school free hat. I'm wearing a free sugar bowl, you know, three-quarter <laughs> zip. And I'm wearing some free Under Armour sweats. So there you go. I'm with you, yeah. right? I mean, if it's yeah. free, it's me. I'm not a big shopper. Sim- similar styles. Uh, yeah, but I will say that if I am going to get clothing, I... I do go to a store and have to try it on. Like I, cause also because I'm not great at returns, and I know that about myself. So I'm not one who's going to partake in the online clothing all the time. But it's great for gifts and for getting, especially for yes. kids. Like if you have little kids at home, Amazon's the best because you can find all the little kid gifts very, uh, very easily at the time. Every little finger. one right now in the car with mom and dad, S- Santa's best helper is Amazon. There you go. <laughs> now. In this San- day and age, San- Santa, used to be. Santa leans on Amazon big time. Ain't, ain't no doubt yep. about it. There's great There's no read. doubt about it. <laughs> great live read. Great, uh, we'll great, great advertising to, there. Yeah, we'll send that to them. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Draymond Green was suspended indefinitely. I haven't gotten my opportunity to react to that yet. That happened last night while Ian was on air. We'll get to it. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Warriors forward Draymond Green suspended indefinitely. This is a culmination suspension. This is a body of work that has led to Adam Silver saying, you know what? That's it. You're done until I say so. Because right now, you are embarrassing not just yourself, the team, but this league. I'm told he wants to get help to try to keep this from happening again. It just feels like maybe there's some kind of an an epiphany. Because you're going to cost yourself your ability to play in this league if you keep wailing on people. 
Draymond being Draymond has finally caught up to him in a very real way. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive. So Draymond Green, a notorious repeat offender in the NBA. He's been ejected three times just this season alone, and it ain't even Christmas yet, Ian. It's a very young season so far this NBA season. The last time he was put on the shelf was for five games for that chokehold on Rudy Gobert. Well, now he has been suspended indefinitely. The suspension started immediately. We got the word yesterday from the league on this thing. And he's going to be required to meet certain league and team conditions before he's able to return to play, we found out. You had an opportunity to discuss this yesterday because this news came down while you were on air. I was out. I was avoiding the Dolphins loss. It's a whole thing. I was in the emergency room. It's a lot. If you miss any of it, <laughs> check out the podcast on the, the ESPN said app. That sounds like you were like in emotional distress and had a nervous <laughs> breakdown and had to go to the ER because the Dolphins blew a 14-point lead in the last three minutes. I mean, it was an embarrassing loss. Uh, the way that they lost, the only time in NFL sad. history that you that left, has happened. You left out it the injury that. in the gym. It sounded like uh-huh. it was more like... She was ducking me. <laughs> I, w- I was ducking anyway. James Steele. I would be much more embarrassed about that loss if Tyreek Hill had been healthy that entire game. He, in fact, was not. I thought it was uh, oh, glaringly man. obvious how important he is to that team. But nevertheless... I digress. I still feel okay about Miami. However, I don't feel good about Draymond Green. This is a long time coming, Ian. I don't know if this is shocking. Joe Dumars, he's the executive vice president of the NBA. He was on first take, and he discussed how the NBA approached this suspension. First of all, we knew that um, there would be some level of punishment, but we didn't want that to be the focus. We wanted the focus to be on how can we help Draymond as well. And we thought indefinite was the best way to do that. So, so, so people don't get caught up on here. What's the number? Is it too low? Is it too high? Indefinite means get yourself right. We want to see you at your best. And the best way for you to do that is, is to get yourself, get yourself mentally and emotionally back to where you need to be. And so that's how we got to indefinite. Draymond Green's agent, Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, they're expected to meet today. They're discussing a path of counseling and how to help Draymond moving forward. Ian, there is no part of me that believes that there is any fixing Draymond Green at this point. Because if you cost your team an NBA Finals with the kick to the groin hurt around the world where Draymond ends up getting suspended during that finals and quite literally cost your team a ring that they probably would have otherwise had had you just not done that. If that wasn't enough of a wake-up call, costing your team a ring, then ain't nothing going to be. Yeah, stepping on Sabonis's chest, kicking you know, yeah. Stephen Adams in the junk. I mean, we can go on down the list, right? I mean, punching your own teammate in training camp right in the in the face, I mean, just a, a full on right hook to the jaw, that didn't do it. Yeah, you know, and the irony, by the way, here with with Joe Dumars is wh- who who do he play for? Yeah, the Pistons. When the Bad Boy Pistons. Mm-hmm. And he's different era, one, though. Uh, no doubt about league. it. No doubt about it, man. Because there was, I mean, those dudes have blood on the court damn near every other every other night. Uh, but I just it does every time I hear him talk about it, I, I, it goes in the back of my mind of him watching Bill Lambeer get in a fight with like Larry Bird, you know, or whoever right. else. But this is this is one where, and I said this last night, and I'll say it again: this is a culmination of everything Draymond Green has done, not just this year, but throughout his entire career. 
And he's been enabled to do it by the NBA. And now he's paying the piper because he's got, this is his third suspension before the fat man comes down the chimney. We're 23 games in and he has equaled his season total from last season before Christmas this year. And he's a bit out of control. He said he he didn't intend to hit Yusef Nurkic. Guess what? Go watch it. He turns around and he sees him and continues to swing through. It was a blatant lie. He wasn't flailing his arms to try and get a call. So, Amber, to me, this is one where indefinite truly means I don't think we're going to see him until at least 2024. And he's going to have to go through some serious counseling, anger management, whatever it may be. And he's going to have to go through a checklist, in my opinion, to get back on the court. Draymond's always been Draymond, right? He's always been a hothead. It's always been a problem. But it's a problem that the Warriors were willing to overlook for a very, very long time because championships. And we know that that's not, an ex- that's not exclusive to the Warriors. There's a lot of teams that are willing to put up with problems because also of the benefit that you receive from that player. The thing is, at this point, Draymond's been in the league for over a decade. He's 33. It's been a long time. Yes, he was an NBA Defensive Player of the Year. It's been a while <laughs> since he was that, right? He's not peak Draymond anymore. And frankly, I think the Warriors' window for championships is probably closed. So it's not as cute as it once was, right? There's only so much you're willing to put up with. However, bad on the Warriors, because they never did change that protocol with Draymond. I mean, we heard nothing after the Jordan Poole thing from the Warriors. They chose to not do anything when he quite literally knocked out a dude on his team in front of everybody on that team, and they chose to turn the other way. And that set the tone, I think, for Draymond moving forward, because Draymond doesn't care what the NBA does to him. Like I said, it's cost him a ring before, and he didn't care. I think the only thing that would get through to Draymond is if his actual family, the Warriors family, if they turned on him, but they've never been willing to do that. And frankly, even now, have we heard anything from Steph Curry denouncing this thing? Like, nobody within that organization really does anything or says anything about Draymond. They just let him go because they, they like the rings and they like the play. But at this point, it's pretty ugly. Like that contract's ugly compared to the risk. The risk reward is imbalanced in the wrong direction now at this point in Draymond Green's career. I have been surprised that the Warriors have sat on their hands and allowed this to continue. I think, frankly, it's been a very bad look for Golden State. I get that the rings are of the utmost importance, but I thought with the whole Jordan Poole incident, Poole, allegedly, we think, I mean, he basically told Draymond that he was a backpack for Steph Curry, right? Like, he basically accused Draymond of not being in a position to get the bag. The Warriors hand him the bag, get rid of Jordan Poole, and allow this behavior to progress. And the Warriors can point the finger at themselves at this point. There's zero doubt in my mind that Adam Silver and the NBA were worried about an all-out brawl on the court. After the Gobert choke, after this hit, they were worried about a brawl on the court, and that would be an embarrassment to the league, and that's why they suspended him indefinitely. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we got to get you ready for Thursday night football tonight, and all of the betting nuggets will be headed your way. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio.